Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Takes, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head-to-head. -head. Today we are joined by Malik DeVise, the host of the Life of Leak podcast and the Malik and Jeff Talk About Soccer podcast. We will be having a loose conversation discussing the top 10 Eddie Murphy movies in anticipation of coming to America, hitting Amazon Prime Instant Video on March 5th. My name's Nathaniel Martin, and I am joined by my regular co-hosts, Joshua Kubis, Alden Mason, and Jory Boston. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Duel of the Takes. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. We've been, uh, we've been contemplating doing a list like this for quite a while, doing like a spotlight of a single actor. We've done plenty of director lists. We've done genre lists. But today, we are doing the top 10 movies of eddie murphy we are joined by a good friend of the show uh mr malik devise he's got two podcasts in the works right now we got the life of leak and the untitled uh malik and jeff talk about soccer podcast <laughs> <laughs> what's up everybody what's up nate how's it going man uh you know just living life i guess i'm in between seasons on life leak because this internship has kind of been kicking my ass if we're allowed to cuss on the show not nah, joking yeah yeah you can say whatever the fuck you want kind of been beating me up so i haven't really been in the mood to record but yeah living living life living a good life how's everyone else doing oh you know the same josh is out here dealing with crackheads at home depot <laughs> <laughs> it really be like that oh i guess i'm supposed to say i appreciate you for having me on i guess that's the thing guests say well uh we appreciate Appreciate you for coming on. Uh, just to plug your stuff real quick, I highly recommend the Life of Leak podcast. That whenever one comes out and I get the notification for it, it's like, all right, I'm stopping this episode of Joe Rogan or whatever. Like, this is more interesting to me. It's like very slice of life. I think you do a very good job of just like that. You you would stop Joe Rogan for me, even though those episodes were like four hours long. So it's kind of like I never get through a whole episode of a Joe Rogan like ever, unless I'm sleeping. I was telling my dad about Joe Rogan podcast. I guess he's listened to him before. I'm like, no, nah, I, I you don't listen to him in one sitting. If you do, you're a psychopath. Break it up. You're not getting the Joe Rogan experience josh is big into bill simmons i feel like he does a good job of keeping his like to a decent length the way his podcasts are built and like especially like his movie podcast that i think is on par with the rest of his sports content because as they review the movie like like it's called the rewatchable so they're always like what's the most rewatchable scene who gets like the Victor Oladipo award, which is like the slept on actor. I think there's cool like parts to that. I've never listened to one of Bill Simmons podcasts. I would definitely check him out. The ringer as a whole is a great company. I will definitely check it out. Josh was in uh, uh, sports broadcasting, which is like brand new when we started going there. It's one of the first graduating classes from uh, Dan Patrick's School of Sportscasting. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've gotten a couple of those, those ads on my YouTube a few times. You're big time. Sorry about that. You're a big <laughs> Nah, it's all good. I felt like I was like learning something new in that field. It was it was a really good degree. You have a great voice for like sports broadcasting. Thank you. It's like entertaining, but it's not like too much. I wish I didn't sound as much as Jory. Oh yeah. We every guest we've had on uh, mixes up Josh and Jory. I'm just gonna be watching the Discord the whole time so I do not mix you guys up. I'm fully prepared to take credit for Josh's uh, sports casting talent. You can use your veto up until the top three. I think I don't think this episode's gonna get too heated as I think a lot of these uh these comedies have a soft place in people's hearts. One rule that I kind of made when making my list, and we can argue later if we want to discuss this or not, but I was kind of grouping like the Beverly Hills cop trilogy 
I see that as like one movie really in like the Shrek movies. Like I'm not trying to have four Shrek movies on here. Uh, I feel like Eddie Murphy's playing the same character in all those. So it's like one movie, but. um, I didn't do my homework. So there might be more than one Shrek movie on my list. There's more than one Shrek movie on my list. <laughs> all right. Well. Alyssa says 22 was the only interesting character in Soul. Which one? That's really racist, Alyssa. That was the whole point of the movie. We, uh, Ryan Gosling from La La Land, except he was black. That's racist. I really thought he was like, that scene where he's teaching the girl how to play the trombone in the hallway. Like, I know the cat was in his body at that point or whatever, but I thought that was... <laughs> I'm going to start off. My number 10 is uh, a little little movie I like to call The Haunted Mansion. Oh my God. Probably the first Eddie Murphy movie I ever saw. I remember watching this... Uh, at a hotel that we rented uh, on demand in the hotel room like three months after it was in theaters. That's that's a vibe. I remember those. Um, Jory said veto, right? I said veto. I don't know if I actually want to veto, though, because like as much as I like this movie and as close as it is to my heart, because I watched it a ton when I was a kid, I uh, had it on my iPod Nano, and I would watch it all the time. Oh, man, iPod Nano. Oh, I actually remember this movie. Yeah, I really like this movie. I don't want to see it at number 10. If somebody else wants to use a veto, that's cool. But like this is one of two movies on here that I just have a really strong attachment to. <laughs> my top three was kind of based on like pure nostalgia and Eddie Murphy movies I love. But um, yeah, I think that's way too low. If you're not going to use your veto, Jory, I guess I'll pull the trademark Nate Martin and use my veto right off the bat. I think that this movie is like really bold in what it's like trying to do. I think like at this time, Disney was like, hey, we've got like a bunch of really popular like theme park attractions. Let's turn them into movies. So the first one was like the Country Bears movie, which is really weird. It's essentially Blues Brothers, but with animatronic bears. And then there was like the wild success of Pirates of the Caribbean, which has turned into this big like blockbuster franchise that may or may not be coming back in some capacity. But then there was this really awkward movie in between, this Haunted Mansion adaptation, which if you're going to do any of these Disney park rides into a movie, Haunted Mansion has so much lore already in it. The ride has so much like of a story. They kind of like use some elements of that story in this uh, in this movie, but then they, they don't with others. I think what doesn't work about this movie is definitely the like changes they make to the Haunted Mansion lore because it feels like it's detracting from the original source material of this theme park ride. But what works about this movie is definitely Eddie Murphy and like the whole ensemble of his like family and stuff like that. All those elements like land really well. I like that like mom is supposed to be like the reincarnation of like the dead dude's wife or whatever. Like there's some cool like mystery to this. Um, it just doesn't feel like it should be connected to that ride. Yeah. Speaking of can we talk about how based it was for them to have like an 18th century like british interracial couple in the haunted mansion <laughs> pretty based and then terrence stamp was the villain like general zod like this movie was awesome as like a kid that had never been to disney world and still hasn't ridden on the haunted mansion ride everything about this movie works <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask if anyone's if anyone's been on the ride yeah josh goes every year <laughs> <laughs> Was the Super Bowl every year? So was the Disneyland? It's got a rank from every year at Epcot. The ride is definitely, I think, one of the best rides in Disney. It's one that's at, that's been barely edited too, which I think is awesome. Uh, the ride has a lot of charm, and um, yeah, I think the movie captures a lot of it. And there's a lot of callbacks to it. It's a lot different from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, where I think Pirates of the Caribbean they really went off the deep end, where 
those characters were never on the rides or anything. Like the lore isn't as deep in the ride. Same with the Haunted Mansion characters wise, but there's something more about the lore of the Haunted Mansion that connects to the ride more than say any of the pirates movies with that ride all right well what are you putting in this its place here at number 10 josh shrek forever after is my number 10 but we're not going to actually put that on the list i was thinking about sorry alden i was thinking about just putting shrek 2 here i'm about to leave alden's gonna veto we're gonna run into the same situation as last week where we used three vetoes in the first round since we have a guest um malik (laughs) it's malik wow the fuck I can't believe I just did that. It's sixth grade all over again. No, I'm joking. Since we have a guest, Malik, what is your number 10? My number 10? I actually didn't make it down to number 10. I got six. I can give you my number six. Yeah, what's your number six? My number six is the Nutty Professor. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Which I feel like is probably higher on most people's list or it's not on anyone's list at all interestingly enough nutty professor is my number eight (laughs) it's my number eight as well (laughs) okay all right i'll put the nutty professor here we're going nutty professor there we go damn all right hey Nate, what was your number 10 oh wait it was haunted mansion my number 10 was norbit (laughs) (laughs) oh that was my Mm. (laughs) was that controversial No, I kind of like Norbit. I also kind of like Norbit. I think it's fine for like pretend. It, it thrives in that same camp that the Nutty Professor does. I just don't think it's as like well written of a script. Sort of like actually campy, but the Nutty Professor like has some camp to it. But it's also like a genuinely good comedy. But like a lot of what I like about Norbit is also in the parts of it that are just not good. How do you guys rank your the movies? Do you rank it like just how much you enjoy it, or like do you get into real like? detailed it's a free-for-all personal for all of us and then we just argue between each other either the nutty professor or norbit being here i think those ones are better vehicles for eddie murphy as an actor at least he's playing multiple characters in those uh they're using like the the special effects makeup to make him look like different people i think like those are more ambitious than like him playing a workaholic dad in a really weird disney movie i would agree with you if um, another movie that's going to be nearer to the top on this list didn't do it before, and in my opinion, better. That's fair. So I guess it sounds like the vote is between Norbit, The Haunted Mansion, or The Nutty Professor. What do we think belongs at number 10? Norbit. Personally, I'm cool with The Haunted Mansion being there. Yeah, I had The Haunted Mansion at 10 anyway, so I'm probably... Should I put I should have put Shrek 2 here. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Haunted Mansion number 10. I'm sorry. I had you waste your veto, Josh. Damn. <laughs> All right. Alden, to you with number nine. What do you think the ninth best Eddie Murphy movie is? I think it's Tower Heist. <laughs> I do not have uh, Tower Heist on my list, but I do like that movie a lot. I think it's underrated. Out of what I've seen, it's number nine. Out of what I haven't seen, there's a few above it. Just two movies above it great interesting (laughs) i think tower heist is a pretty good ensemble comedy it's got some good action set pieces and i feel like in a way it's kind of poking fun at those tropes in movies like uh like the oceans films oh yeah where i think tower heist is is kind of odd is how serious like it, it really falls more into like less making fun of and just straight up becoming those heist movies toward like the the finale of this film like eddie murphy's character is like this kind of like I think Jory described him as like a like a jackass like like con man. And I think that's like a nice like homage to some of his early characters, uh, like in 48 Hours, uh, where he's playing like a 
a guy who's just like trying to have like a get get rich quick scheme um and he's like coming back and playing one of these characters a little later in his career and i think that's cool and all but it sucks because he's barely featured in the movie it's such a big ensemble where like you want biggest reason why it's this low on my list is that his character was so just not there it was very boring and unnotable yeah ben stiller's taking up too much screen time for this to really be like high on my list this movie was directed by brett ratner my like fourth favorite x-men director (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fine here i suppose it's not on my list either well then i think i'm gonna use hmm, am i gonna use a veto i don't know kind of how i feel i mean like it's not the most objectionable thing to come onto the list that's not on it but i'm gonna use a veto here and I'm going to put a movie that I don't think anyone else has seen or is like going to talk about. I think the movie, uh, the 1999 film directed by Frank Oz, you might know him from Muppets fame. He's kind of Jim Henson's right hand man. This is a movie called Bowfinger. I think it's a really, really great movie about making movies. And I think it has one of Eddie Murphy's better performances in it. He's not the main character. He's kind of a supporting role in a similar kind of way to Tower Heist, but he does play two characters in this film. Uh, one of them is a very widely successful movie star where he's kind of like poking fun of himself at this point in his career called Kit Ramsey. And then he plays his, uh, I, I think we were talking about what the political correct term is for this uh his differently able his differently abled uh, bro- uh uh jefferson jiff ramsey who steve martin essentially is trying to use to play the more successful brother this mockbuster that he's making he wants to make like a a high budget action movie but he can't afford the real brother so he's just going to use like the look alike dumb brother it's probably not one that would land with everyone and i think it has like a cult following Um, in terms of people who like uh, Eddie Murphy comedies and things of that nature. I think it's probably one of his most underrated movies. And I would hate to see it not make the list because we decided to put Tower Heist on here. Yeah, I haven't seen all of this movie, but what I have seen, like it very much is still Eddie Murphy in like the prime of his career. And it shows like his performance in this movie is great. And for the same reasoning, I would rather see this on the list than Tower Heist. I support that. I feel like I've seen this movie, like at least parts of it. Like I'm looking at like Google Images, the picture like him and the orange, it, the gray on the show. It looks familiar. I've definitely seen it somewhere. It seems like it definitely has like a niche little audience, and I think people really like movies about making movies to some degree. Was it was it free on Amazon? It was free on Amazon. I don't know if it still is. Right now, it looks like it's on Cinemax, but. Ew, Cinemac. Are those the same people as Cinemark? Or is that different people? It's different people. Different people? All right, I can rock with them then. <laughs> oh, yeah, Malik and I used to work at a movie theater. We used to work at Cinemark together. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. And Javon was still... Those are those were funny times. It was a good job. Definitely worst jobs out there. Oh, 100% worst jobs to have. Like The worst part is just cleaning theaters. I had never cleaned up any, like, throw up or anything like that. I never cleaned a bathroom. Yo, somebody shit in a theater one time when I was working at a theater. <laughs> what movie was it? I don't even remember. You know what the messiest theater that I ever had to clean was, though? I'm going to say it was a PG-13 horror movie. Almost. It was a PG-13 uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Out of the Shadows movie. The worst theater I ever had to clean up was the Beauty and the Beast 2017 remake. Some kid decided to drink an entire large blue icy by himself and then projectile vomited it. Not one, not two but three 
roll three rows of the cinema, <laughs> the cinema. and i remember it was a day we were like particularly short staffed like it wasn't a very busy day at all but this theater was a mess that is hilarious it was in theater 17 malik which i don't know if you remember that was one of the bigger ones yeah i had to like get cones to like block off the three rows that had projectile vomited blue icy everywhere that is disgusting i had to grab a mop i cleaned the whole theater by myself it took me like 20 minutes and it was like a it was a mess and th there were people like coming in i was like yeah you don't want to like come in yet like your movie won't start for another half hour at least like just let me finish cleaning yeah unless you guys do want to come in and sit in this but i don't think you do so code white castles we hate them i remember i think someone called for something like it was something in a theater and i think i was heading to that side i think i was coming from like theater 17 side going towards like theater one and once i heard that like over the radio i was just like yeah i'm gonna walk the other way so i was just like not on that side of the theater and just hope someone else goes over there i wasn't the best employee it wasn't the worst <laughs> Yeah, as long as you weren't the worst, you got by at Cinemark. There were always worse employees than me. <laughs> I could actively try to be the worst employee there for a day, and then, like, someone else would just do it without trying. This wasn't the worst. This is probably the best. Uh, I think his name was, like, Maxwell. Yeah, that kid was, like, a dedicated worker. He was a, he was a machine. Oh, my gosh. He was as loyal as SpongeBob was to the Krusty Krab. Like, that's what kid was to the cinemark <laughs> oh my gosh he was, he was a cool guy though i hope he's doing well i know he still works there so i gotta i gotta say hi to him next time i'm in does he it's currently the regional mat i know i hope he's still not ushering theaters i think he is i don't think he wanted to move up honestly all right so number nine bowfinger jory what is your number eight my number eight is the nutty professor was this one you grew up as a kid watching or is it one you've stumbled across later in life i watched this movie for the first time i think i was in high school i think i caught it on netflix uh whenever it would have been on there and i expected it to be really dumb because like it's eddie murphy in a fat suit and then he like gets skinny it's very much like a late 90s early 2000s like dumb comedy when like shit didn't matter and theaters were a lawless wasteland that you could shove anything in <laughs> god i miss those days i think i said before we started recording that the nutty professor and the sonic the hedgehog movie should have shared a marquee still feel that way it's like both movies that on paper it's like this sounds like shit but then you go and see them and it's like you know what that was actually a pretty solid comedy with a little bit of heart to it and I appreciate it. I, I originally had this movie at number 10 on my list, but then I just, I, I went back to watch a couple of scenes that like I remembered as a kid that like stuck with me. And then I, uh, I was like, you know what? Like this actually has held up a lot better than I thought it would, but it's also a better movie than the original Jerry Lewis Nutty Professor. And I think that's something that like people are scared to say because Jerry Lewis is seen as this like legend of comedy. But that original Nutty Professor movie is one, a little dumb and two, kind of problematic Fun, like Eddie Murphy's in a fat suit. And sure, you can say like it has themes of body positivity and like acceptance and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's like it's a really wacky comedy. <laughs> with like science fiction elements and i think eddie murphy plays the character really well like there's some like dramatic like heart heartstring pulling scenes where it's like damn okay go off eddie and it's got a little bit of romance in there yeah with jada pinkett smith exactly has ever seen the shallow how is that the one where gwyneth paltrow is in a fat suit and she's dating jack black and jack black is like hypnotized by tony robbins to like not to like see inner beauty <laughs> that sounds like a worse version of this it is it's also a really good movie that I like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you look up um shallow how right now you're gonna be like this looks super problematic how could you ever like watch this but like i promise all right i've never seen that movie never seen anything in it i'm about to google image search it right now oh yeah i can see how this oh man that's a good fat suit <laughs> oh my great movie <laughs> But the opening scene of Shallow Hal is like Jack Black as a kid and his father is on his deathbed, like drugged out of his mind so that he can like die peacefully. And he's talking to him. He's like the most important thing in this life is hot young tail. <laughs> and it like sticks with him for his whole life. And as he's walking out of the hospital room where his father just died in front of him, it just transitions to a scene of Jack Black looking like he does in this movie, just dancing at a club, <laughs> trying to pick up women. I love that. Everybody go watch Shallow Hal. It's my eighth favorite eddie murphy movie apparently that was um gwyneth paltrow's least favorite role oh i'm sure that doesn't surprise me i don't think that they would talk about this at the goop labs yeah because so, you had to cover up her bikini body damn gwyneth paltrow is such an asshole <laughs> <laughs> i agree according to the daily mail Sweet. So I don't think there's any hesitation on uh, Nutty Professor being at number eight. Now, I am going to be a little concerned if someone tries to place the Nutty Professor to the clumps any higher. <laughs> <laughs> the clumps. That's hilarious. Yo, I forgot to put Shrek 4D on my list. Hold up. <laughs> How many Shreks are there? Uh, technically four. You'll see. You'll see when you read my list. Don't forget about Shrek the Halls. I saw that when I was looking up like Eddie Murphy movies, and I was like, "When did this ever happen? <laughs> <laughs> when was that ever a thing?" They're trying to milk everything out of Shrek as that they could. Hey, I'm still waiting for the fifth. It's weird how they milk the Shrek stuff out in our childhoods, but I feel like Shrek content-wise is just like completely disappeared though it's almost like we just oversaturated it yeah i feel like that's exactly what happened because like we got like shrek three and four within like what like two years of each other felt like it yeah number seven josh what do you have at your number seven? <laughs> oh no wait a minute i have donkey's christmas shrektacular but uh <laughs> let's uh let's put let's put what i'm actually gonna put here it's all, all shrek, shrek. <laughs> I've tried my best not to do that, and Josh is just out here doing it. <laughs> Imagine making so like numerous other movies just for someone to fill your top ten with all Shrek movies. Right. This is why Eddie Murphy stormed out of the fucking Oscars when he got when he didn't win. I do not need this much alcohol. I need to chill. It's nice that we have like a looser episode though. Last week got heated. We did Christopher Nolan movies and Josh and Jory were at each other's throat for a little bit. And then I got at Josh's throat for a little bit. Oh, you guys were arguing? Oh yeah, it gets heated sometimes. I feel like the Nolan episode was a lot more chill than I expected it to be though. Yeah, our Tarantino one was where things got violent. <laughs> that one or the Blockbuster one are probably our most heated that we've ever gotten. If we have room for this movie i did initially have uh mulan on this list but i don't know i feel like donkey is just much a more iconic role which we'll be talking about later also have 10 spots though i don't know let me throw it out there it's not my final pick but what what would everybody think of mulan being in this top 10 I want it to be in the top 10, but I also feel like it's a little early. Really? Um, sure, it's a smaller role, but like Damn. the movie as a whole, I don't know. Eddie Murphy is an essential piece to Mulan. 
I feel like Mushu is probably the most marketable character in the movie and is the only part of that movie that really like lands as a Disney movie to me. I think it's almost essential that it's on this list. I don't want to say that he carries the movie because I don't think that's fair. I think the characters in the narrative do. But as a kid watching that movie and wanting to be entertained, Eddie Murphy carries that movie. It kind of walked so I think Donkey and Shrek could run in a way mm -hmm. where he's the comedic relief, but he's also like a loyal companion for the journey. And for that, I think I think this is a fine spot for Mulan. Jory, what's your take for it being higher? I, I don't know. I, I guess I just love Mulan a lot more than our panel does, at least, or most people. To me, I feel like everything that you're saying about like him essentially carrying the uh the movie's watchability for a younger audience it speaks volumes for how much he does for it because like this is a disney movie sure the rest of it doesn't read in like the traditional disney sense but that's also what's so great about it as a whole and the fact that the addition of one actor one character just completely like seals it for marketability and for watchability for the portion of the audience that would go on to uh, create most of the ticket sale through families and parents I feel like this is an essential part also of, but it's a key part of where his career would go because without this, I don't think that we would see Donkey at all. Malik, what's your thoughts here, man? Are you talking about Mulan? Yeah. I really liked what Jory was saying. I mean, Josh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I really liked what he was saying. I had, I had never really thought about how like him playing Mushu could lead to him getting like the role of Donkey. But now that I think about it because he brought it up. That makes a lot of sense. I did, didn't want Mulan this low, honestly, only because I only had six, seven, honestly, seven movies on my list. I mean, I have a whole list of movies, but six of them that I know. But I didn't want it this low. I'm, I'm going to veto. Matter of fact, let me. <laughs> but does that mean I have to put something else there? He's just got to nominate something. I really wanted this for my next first. I think I was supposed to be seven. I really wanted this for seven. I haven't watched it, but there's a, there's like scenes of it that I've seen that are hilarious. It's, um, have you guys ever seen Life? Oh, yes, actually. Yeah, I have seen it. I don't know why I've never watched it. I've wanted to for like a year, probably, maybe two, but I never have. So I guess I'll put I guess I'll put that there to save Mulan for later. I think Life is a really fun movie. It's him and uh, Martin Lawrence, I believe. They're both imprisoned for life, and it's about them, like, essentially, like, their friendship and then, like, starting to bond with each other. And the thing that I remember most about this movie, though, that I'm not sure if it's a strike against it, is the ending where, like, they escape and they're at like a ball game like they've always been talking about going together bernie mac is in it too by the way just so no one gets mad at you guys for not saying bernie mac is in it rest in peace rip a legend <laughs> i was just about to say like i am kind of mad at myself for right now like not remembering more of this movie because I definitely did see it. Yeah, I, I think this is a great spot for life. I remember being like a relatively fresh take on like a prison movie because like it's it's a period piece too. I think it's set in like the 30s or 40s, you know, kind of like around the same era as like Shawshank Redemption. But this being like a few years later than that and mostly focused on um, like the comedic elements uh, with like such a great comedic cast. I do remember it being pretty funny. I think this is a good spot for it. I mean, Bernie Mac's a legend and I wish he had the opportunity to do more movies. So I'm happy that he's making his way onto the eddie murphy list there we go hell yeah put life here all right life number seven malik it's also your turn to nominate a movie at number six oh, i thought i thought i was i thought that was number eight 
Number 10, we've got the Haunted Mansion. Number 9 is Bowfinger. Number 8, the Nutty Professor. And number 7, Life. You're right. You are right. All right. Put, let's go. This was my five, but it'll it's, it's okay if it slides to six. We're going to go Shrek. I, I guess because we're grouping them all into one, I was going to knock it to five just because there are other movies that had more, I guess, value on my life. Not really value. I've just seen them a lot more and I remember them. Yeah. So we're going to go Shrek. <laughs> I don't want to get too sentimental, start crying, but <laughs> Shrek at five, I guess all of them, the three. And then all the other ones that are just popping out of the woodworks now that I've never seen. My number six pick, personally. I don't... You guys don't have to go easy on me because I'm a guest. You guys can tell me I'm an idiot. You're an idiot for putting it so low. I'm vetoing. (laughs) There it is. All right, Alden, what do you think should be here instead? Uh, Honestly, Dr. Doolittle, I I think. I think we're past the point for Dr. Doolittle's. Yeah, I wasn't trying to put Alden, just put Mulan here. Oh, that's a good point. I have it higher, but I don't care. Mulan. Mulan versus Shrek. Here it is. I still want Shrek here. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mulan's great and everything, but uh, Sh- I mean, I think when it comes to the career and performance of Eddie Murphy, I guess it doesn't matter what Shrek movie we're actually talking about, but specifically the first Shrek, it really created a new path for Freddie Murphy for the 2000s. Um, it seemed like DreamWorks' goal was to get big, funny actors in that movie, and got Mike Myers, who hilarious, a legend, but also got Eddie Murphy, who um had an iconic two decades in the 80s and 90s, and not sure where the career of Eddie Murphy was going in the 2000s. And I think Shrek really was a uh, was a staple for that. I think it's got to be in the top five. I would argue that Shrek is the reason that his career was more uncertain in the 2000s, though. Because this is what started him off on the different path that we see him going into before we get to the current era of Eddie Murphy, where he's trying to reinvent himself and like come back. He got caught up in doing these, like, family-friendly kids movies well, a lot of why we remember him but i think that it did kind of kill his momentum from the 90s and 80s well a lot of actors do that where they get to a part in their careers where they have kids they get to the part where they make money johnny depp did the same thing with the pirates franchise eddie murphy was making money before this yeah so was johnny depp but i'm saying from a franchise level where not that it's easier but it's something they could do like it's a it's a character they have essentially mastered and they did over milk it in both scenarios but i'm saying this is the part of his career i don't think it's like a downfall it is what it is did they over milk him in mulan though because i feel like he kind of plays mushu once and then they yeah and then he's done i mean there's a couple other voice performances from him i think he re-recorded some lines for like kingdom hearts or some shit and then they i didn't i never said they milked mulan you said it they in both cases. I've said it at Shrek. I'm talking about. I was comparing Shrek's. I was Shrek's career. I was comparing Eddie Murphy's. <laughs> <laughs> Shrek's career. Chris Farley, and then he was Mike Meyer. <laughs> I was comparing um, Eddie Murphy's career with Johnny Depp's career in the 2000s because I think they're kind of parallel. <laughs> I forgot we were talking about Johnny Depp again. Where Johnny Depp went with that, you see that Johnny Depp has like a genuine like he likes playing Jack Sparrow, and it's very evident in the performance. Until he became an alcoholic in the fifth one. Donkey, any of the Shrek movies, even the first one, it kind of feels like 
Eddie Murphy is just being Eddie Murphy. Like, it doesn't feel like he's playing a character, really. He's, like, doing the I'm a celebrity doing voice acting thing. Like, even Mike Myers is putting in more work here. I think in that regard, he's at least putting in more work than Cameron Diaz. (laughs) 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 Welcome back to Duel of the Takes. We shit on women. Bow, bow, bow. Cameron Diaz catches a stray bullet. (laughs) But, I mean, like, it didn't... Immediately after Shrek and Shrek 2, he did Dreamgirls and Norbit, so it's not like his career hit a... Norbit is not a point in your favor in that case. Yeah, but it was a movie he wanted to do. But Dreamgirls also, I feel like the effect of like getting caught up in Shrek and then doing Dreamgirls and not getting the proper recognition for it put him in a much worse state. Like Mulan came out. Then he did Dreamgirls a few years later and didn't really get the recognition he deserved. I mean, I don't know why we're blaming Shrek for the downfall initially. I think the guy just kind of disappeared on his own. Yeah. I think he just kind of dipped. I mean, the guy had kids in that. He just had a more private life for a little bit. I don't think he stopped acting just to have more privacy in his life, though. I feel like we can really track, like... The foundations there for Eddie Murphy, a next step in the career of Eddie Murphy... I don't, I just don't see how that should go beyond the most iconic part of that part of his career in Shrek. I would argue it's only the most iconic because there's just a ton more content. Like, like we said, there are like, how many Shrek movies? Five, six? There's four. There's four actual movies. And then we're talking TV specials and a lot of other stuff. Yeah, there's, there's like probably seven or eight that are on Letterboxd. Besides like, um, besides Beverly Hills Cop, it's definitely the franchise quote unquote that he's done the most. I guess, but I don't know. But like when it comes to iconic Eddie Murphy characters, like, yeah, you got Donkey and you got like Axel Foley. There's just a ton of content with both of them. I don't know. When I think of Mulan, I don't initially think of Eddie Murphy though i don't either yeah yeah i think mulan the title character just like when i think of shrek i think of shrek <laughs> but when you think of shrek you think of shrek and like donkey like mulan like yeah just like i think of mulan and mushu i feel like you probably think of donkey before you think of mushu exactly when i think of mulan i think of the music and like the the character arc of mulan herself yeah because mulan's a better movie no no <laughs> <laughs> i think eddie murphy's character in shrek uh, as a companion to Shrek all the way through, he he starts the arc. He's the first like he's the first like character that Shrek invites into his life. Like it's a big part of the movie. Mushu is also a MacGuffin in Mulan. The ancestors of the family send him after her to protect her on the journey. So are you trying to say Mushu and Donkey are the same character? I don't think they're the same character. I think that they give. Wait, hang on, hang on. Alden's asking a really good hypothetical. Can you? Yeah, this is a good point from Alden. If DreamWorks was to do a live action of Shrek, would they completely get rid of Donkey like Disney did to Mushu? I don't care. Yeah, the fact that Disney tried to get rid of Mushu, I think, says a lot of how Disney and, like, how Disney sees the Mulan property. And I don't, like, I'm not saying the Mulan remake was right to do that. I think it was a big downfall for the movie. But if you did something like that for Shrek, it would never even be discussed. I think that that has more to do with the fact that Mulan is already based on like a pre-existing story and Mushu was an quote-unquote original element that was added by Disney. And the remake that they were doing for Mulan was going for a different 
take on it from the beginning. That's what Shrek is doing too. What? Shrek was a pre-existing story. There was a children's book about Shrek. This was a retelling, a completely different story based on that original book. Was Donkey in the book? No. I think if you take Donkey out of Shrek and like a live action, I think a lot of people would be upset. You can't have a story with it. But you just said that the source material didn't have Donkey. Yeah, and you just said the source material from Mulan, which is a legend, does not have Mushu. They are in the same boat. They are the exact same concept in that regard, as in they had original stories that they built from and they added these characters. Both Mushu and Donkey are added. We hear that if you remove Donkey from Shrek, it would also be a bad remake. Okay, it's time to vote. <laughs> it's it's time it's time to vote. <laughs> this is getting wildly heated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really. <laughs> yeah, I know, but this is like an, an actual argument. So it was getting serious. Yeah, I think we, I think we reel it in here. I say we put it to a vote. Uh, we'll start with you, Alden. Yeah, uh, Mulan. Mulan should be number six from Alden. Jory. The Shrek should be number six. Uh, Mulan. Malik. Nate, you're gonna have to decide because I'm standing by my choice of Shrek being at six. So it's on you. I, I have Shrek at number five on my list, and I have Mulan at nine. So I think I'm going to stick with my gut instinct here. Wow. wow. I kind of made my list based more on Eddie Murphy's influence on these movies or on these characters. And I do agree that Donkey is a more crucial element to Shrek than Mushu is to Mulan. That being said, if we're getting down to like vocal performance and technique like that... I, I think there could be a case made for Mushu being the stronger Eddie Murphy performance. And I do agree with Jory. And I, I think Malik was probably making the same point at some point. I kind of got lost in the argument there a bit of uh, it being earlier in his career and closer to his his peak. But I also think what Josh is saying with with Eddie Murphy, uh, you know, kind of taking down this this same character and mastering it and playing it for a whole franchise and and kind of reaping the benefits of that there's no reason why eddie murphy was the highest paid actor in hollywood when he took shrek uh the man was making bank and he was a uh, guaranteed box office success uh it was after the influence of these movies that his uh, value started to to decrease and i think what jory was saying is there there is some validity to the fact that his his name sold less tickets every movie moving forward after shrek but that i think that shrek's more influential and i think that mulan should go here at number 6 i'm sorry that's okay well spoken nate <laughs> <laughs> at least it wasn't a thousand words so it's my turn to choose and jory is the only person with a veto left perfect oh i didn't know we only got one <laughs> i forgot <laughs> all right that's okay because we can only use we can't use them on the top three so that's good my number seven is a movie called 48 hours which i don't know if it's on anyone else's list i would kind of be surprised if it was because i think it's a bit of a boomer take here it kind of was like the movie that started the buddy cop genre and therefore i think it has a lot of influence in a lot of different ways i think nick nolte and eddie murphy have a lot of chemistry eddie murphy plays this uh, this con man, this guy who gets uh, imprisoned, or I think he's just put in like a drunk take kind of jail scenario. And then uh, through happenstance, he happens to be the only guy that can help solve a mystery. So he gets immediately put onto the police force in a really cheesy kind of way and gets partnered with Nick Nolte, who's a bit of a racist bigot of a cop. It's a very funny dynamic. And honestly, I think the movie, despite kind of its language and the way it handles, I guess, like the race relations between these two characters is really funny still. And I think that it's a good watch. It really showed that Eddie Murphy could be 
box office potential. I want to make a case for Shrek being here at number five because I don't think we have room for my top five moving forward. I was about to say, is this man really putting his number seven here? <laughs> I, I think I think 48 Hours isn't making the cut on our group list. I want to nominate Shrek here at number five. I agree. I was about to help you make a case for 48 Hours. At this point, it might be too late because I feel like Shrek is a top 10 for everybody. Like it's on everybody's list. There was never any question about that. But 48 Hours, I don't know if we've already elevated too many movies that maybe people didn't consider before we started though. I have a better buddy cop movie starring our boy Eddie Murphy on this list. I think that this was a good uh, step for the genre as a whole, but I think Eddie Murphy came back and perfected it himself. I, I'm not dying to have 48 hours on the list. I think there's a reason people don't come back to it as much as a, a different franchise. I'm done with Shrek here then. I'm cool with Shrek at five. That's where I originally had it. I mean, top five is fine. I was going to help you with 48 hours. Uh, what, what's your take on it? Uh, I was just kind of going to frame it as his, his start in the industry and him having one of the best starts in the industry he didn't really start small or anything he started with uh, a duo with uh, nick nolte our generation probably doesn't know much of it but uh eddie murphy was kind of carrying at the time when 48 hours came out he was carrying like a pretty lackluster cast on snl for the 79 80 season and then the first three years of the 1980s i mean he was he was he had the backpack on his his like he needed to see the chiropractor weekly carrying dead weight on on NBC through Saturday Night Live. And uh, yeah, he left the show to make this movie and the rest is history. I mean, he became a movie star after the success of this film and eventually grew to being the highest paid actor in Hollywood, which is just insane. I don't know. There's there's some borderline problematic things in 48 hours that, you know, might be best left in the cocaine fueled 1980s. I mean, I was talking with uh, some friends earlier about Nutty Professor, so it makes sense. Uh, Alden, it's your turn for number four. Uh, coming to America. I feel like people would want it higher, but I haven't seen a couple of his, I guess, more highly regarded movies. Jory Runner 2049. I don't know if I wouldn't veto, actually, because Coming to America is also my number four. What the hell is your top three? <laughs> Jesus Christ. What is this list? <laughs> <laughs> Two of them are very near and dear to my heart from childhood. And one of them is a movie that I just watched recently. But I did watch Coming to America again today, and it still holds up. And it is one of the best movies that he's ever been in. But I feel like I genuinely like, not that I don't have strong feelings, but I feel like the, the gap in quality isn't that great. Like, I can see these flip-flopping. If there's something that you guys really want at number four instead of uh, Coming to America, I'm open to hearing it because I am the only one with a veto left. Um, I think that Coming to America was the second of his three movies with director John Landis, who you guys might know for um, a couple of different things. Twilight Zone, the movie. Uh, you've also got the Blues Brothers. He also did the Michael Jackson Thriller music video. What I love about Coming to America, this was the first time that Eddie Murphy played multiple characters, and his co-star Arsenio Hall also played four characters in this movie. And them as a duo is is incredible this whole movie kind of exists to give them different comedic set pieces to play multiple characters if you ever want to get a laugh uh just look up the barbershop scenes from coming to america the, the uh so good the original it's insane eddie murphy is playing this like old jewish guy and he like he doesn't look like eddie murphy at all <laughs> he's really good as the old jewish guy 
whenever you're done, Nate, I'm going to have you guys say your favorite parts of Coming to America because I still need to watch that movie and I'll just look out for them when I do. <laughs> My favorite part is easily uh, in the beginning of the movie where he's going through his daily routine and he's being bathed by the servant girls and one comes out of the like giant bathtub and says the royal penis is clean your highness the royal wow I've, I've seen the royal penis not okay <laughs> <laughs> Malik has seen the royal penis you heard it here <laughs> no but I've seen that said a couple of times and i never knew that was where it's from yeah it's a fantastic movie honestly like the whole movie is great <laughs> yeah i i really love like the premise here where it's like this um like african royalty is he doesn't want to be in an arranged marriage so he just goes to america to find his his true love or he gets 40 days to find someone he wants to uh to fall in love with and this movie is actually like a romantic comedy all things said and done it might have some great like action uh like comedic set pieces and it's got these special effects heavy uh makeup sequences which want to shout out to rick baker real quick who also did the thriller uh music video he did american werewolf in london another john landis movie and won an academy award for his makeup feats here so like they weren't fucking around at all when they were making this movie in terms of the special effects makeup and uh, when Eddie Murphy was playing the old Jewish guy in the barbershop, he actually wanted to walk around the universal back lot in character. And he went around using his normal voice, telling everyone he was Eddie Murphy and no one believed him. My favorite scene in this movie uh, comes from the Samuel L. Jackson cameo. Oh, yeah. He gets a job at this uh, like restaurant called McDowell's, which is essentially just a rip off of mcdonald's and because he's got a uh, martial arts background he knows how to like take down an armed intruder so samuel L. jackson storms into mcdowell's with a shotgun and tries to rob the place and uh even though he's just working as a as a trash janitor he's able to take down this this armed intruder and it's it's really funny and it's extremely well executed i think it's great you know what talking about this movie more uh and thinking about how excited i am for coming to america which like ordinarily something like this this would just be very cynically made just to cash in on like nostalgia for an old property but the trailer looks really good and i having rewatched the original again today am very excited for it so you know what i'm gonna nominate something else in its place but i don't want to make it too easy <laughs> i want a veto and i want daddy daycare at number four i don't have daddy daycare on my list but uh that was on my list so i'm okay with yes malik you're so big <laughs> honestly <laughs> Yo, daddy daycare this is one of the movies that i was talking about it was very near and dear to my heart as a kid i had the dvd for this and i watched it all the time um i love uh fucking eddie murphy and god what's his name the guy from fucking curb your enthusiasm uh jeff garland and then steve zan or zan plays the third dad it's like the star trek nerd that they get to all watch the yo i love this movie so much this is a part where uh jeff garland and eddie murphy are in like vegetable suits and they wrestle for the kids <laughs> i need to watch that again that whole movie yeah i was looking at netflix today and apparently i knew about daddy day camp which was like a shitty like 
video <laughs> sequel that they did to it. It was awful. I think Cuba Gooding Jr. is in it. <laughs> Speaking of Cuba Gooding Jr. is also in Coming to America, which was really weird to see. <laughs> yeah, he, he's just some dude getting a haircut at the barber shop, and it's like, is that Cuba Gooding Jr.? And it's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> was Boys in the Hood already out at this point? No, this is way before. This is one of his first on like performances ever. Bro. <laughs> Anyway, um, on Netflix, there's a movie called Granddaddy Daycare starring Danny Trejo. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it looks horrible. Yeah, it does, and I really want to watch it. Here, I loved this movie as a kid, and I would love for it to be in the top five on this list. If you guys really can't sleep with Coming to America being at number four, this is your only option. I was throwing Daddy Daycare at two, being honest. Daddy Daycare is my number two. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Damn. I'm happy that Daddy Daycare is making the list now. Uh, it's one that I probably should have gone back to rewatch because I, I did watch this movie a lot as a kid, but I probably haven't seen it since I was like seven or eight. So there's a kid who won't stop wearing a flash suit like the superhero, the flash, <laughs> a really heartfelt moment where like it first it's set up as a joke, like they find the flash suit and they can't find the kid and they're like, oh, my God, like, where'd the kid go? And they're like running around, like trying to find him. And it's like this comedic scene. And then they just find this random kid they've never seen before eating a sandwich in the kitchen. And they're like, hey, who are you? And he's like, I'm Tony. And they're like, oh, wait, that's the Flash. And he's like, you don't want to you don't want to be the Flash anymore. And he's like, no, I just want to be Tony. And I cry every time I see it. <laughs> Daddy Daycare is a fantastic movie. I'm happy to see it on our list. Number four, Daddy Daycare. Honestly, I haven't seen it in like in forever. I just know it was a movie that I watched a lot as a kid. Do you guys remember like the little dvd players if they're like portable so you like opened it up like a laptop yeah 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 my, my sister and i would have those on like our road trips and i'm pretty sure that was one of the movies we'd watch so that that's a little bit of, of the nostalgia to that that and my number one movie i really love comedies of that era too i think they have like they've held up to a certain degree like where like cheaper by the dozen and daddy daycare where they're like these slapstick comedies but have a lot of heart to them from like the early 2000s i really want to rewatch this movie now hearing that you guys have such high praises for it because it was honestly one i should have done in research of this so we love it i think my number four trading places just got snubbed from the list unless i am uh, miscounting here my friends told me that that was a really good movie three movies that i have left that are yet to be or i have four movies that are yet to be placed i should say trading places coming to america dolomite is my name and beverly hills cop all all could make the list but there's only three spots so which one's getting the axe as much as it pains me yeah i think trading places should get the x i agree i think the real conversation is his most one of his most recent films i should say dolomite is my name uh, is that better than any of the either two classic prime eddie murphy movies i'm not gonna have the conversation on whether or not it's better but i do think it should be number three i think it's the beginning of what could be a very strong new era of eddie murphy that we have still yet to see because uh <laughs> Uh, you know, the film industry kind of just got shot in the head going into the next decade. What we have uh, up along with it are, in my opinion, the two best movies from that era of like prime Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I have uh, Dolomite is my name at number two on my list. Uh, I was very pleasantly surprised by this movie. Uh, I think Eddie Murphy has, he's done like little bits and like comebacks, uh, since he kind of left the industry for about eight to ten years, he did uh, 
movie called Mr. Uh, I think it was called Mr. Church that I really liked and I think has a great performance from him in it, but it just wasn't like that big comeback that I was anticipating. And so when I found out they were doing a Netflix original movie starring Eddie Murphy and a Rudy Ray Moore biopic, I was like, this just sounds weird. Like it's probably not going to be any good. He's already done a movie like this, Bowfinger. Uh, I set the bar pretty low for my expectations. And the movie was such a surprise that it kind of made me want to start talking about movies again. And one of the first videos on this channel is my review for Dolomite is my name. I think that this uh, project really like re-excited, I think, a lot of audience into Eddie Murphy's comeback. And I think is a big reason why we have coming to America uh, coming out soon. I could see it being number three as well. Uh, I think the original coming to America and Beverly Hills Cop are definitely the two movies that made Eddie Murphy a household name. And I think they're they're both equally iconic, if not more so than than uh, the Rudy Ray Moore biopic Dolomite is my name. You know, talk about the, the filmmaking process for this failed stand-up comic and uh, record seller who thinks he's a renaissance man, but isn't really good at anything he tries to do to finding his stride and making these cheap uh, expo exploitation films and finding an audience and being accepted for who he is, even if it's a little weird and he's a brash character. Beverly Hills Cop, while it's still prime Eddie Murphy, I think he carries that movie a little bit. I don't think that the supporting cast is as strong as it is in Dolomite Is My Name, which was another big surprise for me going into that because I expected Dolomite Is My Name to be like, the Eddie Murphy vehicle that like would bring him back and be this like big bombastic performance from him. What I was met with was like, he's not really overshadowing anybody else that's in the movie. And ordinarily that would sound as if his performance is watered down, but it really isn't. Everybody like gels and flows really well with each other in this movie. And you like like basically every character that you're supposed to even wesley snipes in this movie who's like this asshole like hot shot dude who's already like established in the film industry and thinks that like everything that they're doing is stupid but is still directing the movie anyway yo wesley snipes is in this movie yes wait you haven't seen dolomite is my name josh i've been recommending this for over a year now i said it in the snapchat group today i wanted to watch it but i could how dare you not see dolomite is my name josh yeah josh what the fuck josh you wouldn't watch blade 4 <laughs> <laughs> uh, Malik, did you have the opportunity to see this one? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that was another one I put on my list. Like, I have a list of movies that I have seen, and then a, the other part of it is movies that I've realized that I've, I've heard of that I haven't seen that I should see. Like, I was planning on going on like an Eddie Murphy binge, but it just didn't happen. That's what happens on this show. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> Life doesn't find a way. <laughs> Alden, have you ever have you had an opportunity to see Dolomite is my name? I have not. Very wholesome as well. It sounds really keno. It has a lot of great like underlying themes about um like just like acceptance and uh accepting other cultures, body positivity. I really wanted to watch it with my dad. This has been the first episode of Duel the Takes where my dad goes, let me know what wins. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a big Eddie Murphy stan. I meant to ask my dad, like, hey. I need a top 10 Eddie Murphy of Eddie Murphy's movies. Like, what do you suggest? But I never, I never sent him that text. I feel like that generation might be pissed at us for snubbing, uh, not really snubbing, but trying to put 
uh, Beverly Hills Cop at number three. But I think Coming to America at number one, which is where it sounds like we're headed, would win them back. Yeah, if we put Coming to America at number four, my dad would have been like, what the fuck are your f-? See, Josh, it was a part of my strategy to get Daddy Daycare in the top five. <laughs> it was all part of the plan. So where are we sitting here? Do we think, uh, what do we think number three should be? Are we in the Beverly Hills Cop? camp yeah i think the beverly hills cop movies are are all three of them are actually like pretty solid action comedies i i agree with jory that eddie murphy kind of carries those movies but i think there were also vehicles for him and i don't think the pairing works as well as nick nolte and eddie murphy in 48 hours but the action uh, sequences and set pieces are way bigger and I think this kind of paved the ways for movies like the like Lethal Weapon. I can't think of a better person to play that role of Axel Foley than Eddie Murphy. It's like the character was written for him. Yeah, the third movie he did with um, John Landis was actually Beverly Hills Cop 3. And there's been talks for about a decade now to, to do a fourth. So we might be seeing uh, the, have Eddie Murphy come back as Axel Foley if uh, this is any indication. But I wouldn't mind this being number three. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop is my number one. Uh, but that's because that soundtrack is incredible. I think it might be one of the best movie soundtracks of all time. Everyone from Patti LaBelle to... Uh, okay, Nate. I see you. You got the Pointer Sisters who, you know, have the It's Raining Men song, but their second best song ever is also on the soundtrack. Any Elfman, uh, right after Oingo Boingo kind of came and went, he does a really great song on there. This was one of the first albums I ever listened to on vinyl, and it's it's incredible. It, it's one of the greatest soundtracks in movie history, in my opinion. So incredible Axel F song that is, you know, as jory knows is crazy frog <laughs> yeah same song <laughs> <laughs> kind of it's a remix but yeah you know listen stir it up is on here that's all i need to know yeah stir it up patty labelle it's a it's a banger it's it's up there is like one of my favorite songs for an original movie ever i really wish you didn't mention the beverly hills cop soundtrack because that made this a lot harder <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think I am going to stick with Beverly Hills Cop number three. I don't think it's disrespectful at all, considering the two movies that are going above it are also fantastic. Number three, Beverly Hills Cop. And number two, a movie that everybody else on the panel needs to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming to America or Dolomite is my name? I think both are a must watch at this point. Wait a second. Has everybody here seen Coming to America? I know Malik said he hadn't seen it. Josh, have you seen Coming to America? Yes. Okay, good. Alden, have you seen Coming to America? Uh-huh. I didn't mention it before. My favorite scene is uh, when they go to the Knicks game and he cheers at halftime and everybody looks at him. And he's like, this is my favorite part of the game. <laughs> I also like where he's in line for the restroom and the one like ticket guy comes up to him. He's like, you are my king. And he's like, this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> he like takes a picture with him. And then the girl and the, the guy she's on the date with come up to him and they're like, who's that? And he's like, just someone I met in the bathroom. Coming to America ran so the Princess Diaries could walk. <laughs> if this is the way things are heading, I think Dolomite is my name at number two is, is great. It might be a little high just based on how recent it is and how exciting it is to see that Eddie Murphy's making these big movies again. But number one being Coming to America only makes sense. The second time he and John Landis worked together and like I was saying earlier with the makeup and the special effects, they really don't hold back on this comedy. You really don't see movies made like this anymore, where there's just full trust into your comedic leads and the technical uh, departments like hair and makeup for a comedy. Uh, the, a lot of the bits where he's playing these characters um, are improvised and him and Arsenio Hall bounce off each other so well 
they kind of used the script more as like a skeleton and, and just filled the scenes with dialogue that I 100% agree with you, even though I haven't seen the movie. But you guys want to hear what I had at number one? What was your number one, Malik? I had Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> I respect that. And we didn't even put it on the list. I know it didn't make it there. It's way better than Doolittle with Robert Downey Jr. Well, yeah, that's a given. Even from what I don't know about coming to america i agree is probably his best movie how does it make you guys feel that the closest analog to this movie that we've seen in modern times is 2013's bad grandpa i'm confused how they're connected comedies that are heavily makeup driven <laughs> what uh eddie murphy character could robert downey jr play the best um they're both in bowfinger here's my hot take the haunted mansion i think he could play jim evers really well He's supposed to be like a realtor he's like wisecracking trying to sell you something and robert downey jr has that kind of like greasy car salesman vibe i could see them trying this at some point they already did it with doolittle for some reason a haunted mansion like reboot with robert downey jr sounds like like sounds fine like i'd probably if that news like came out tomorrow i'd probably be like did you guys go to SeaWorld? I went to SeaWorld for free because um, I have an aunt that works there corporate. It was very depressing. I was about to say, how does she feel about Blackfish, the movie? <laughs> it's created a, quite a workload for them. My mom like loves that movie too. So the whole time we were there, she was like, I feel kind of bad about like being here. And I'm like, we didn't pay for tickets. So we're not technically supporting them. And she's like, you're right. Wondering why is Shamu's like dorsal fin, I think it's called like slouched like that. Like, oh, that's just what happens. And I watched the movie, like, that's not what happens. Like, oh, I was lied to. If we ever do a documentary list, we got to get my mom in here to do like a four hour rant about Blackfish. <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll do that for sure. I was shown Blackfish in school four times. I've seen it a lot in school as well. Why did they show it in school? I guess you guys yeah, I didn't see it in school. Yeah, I didn't see it in school either. <laughs> I think I just watched it when it came on Netflix. The only one that made sense, well, I guess two times it made sense was biology and oceanography. You had an oceanography class? That's dope. It was a lot of fun. But that's such a sad documentary, though. Yeah, but we also watched James Cameron's Abyss or whatever, so it was... <laughs> I thought you were going to say Avatar. <laughs> in the oceanography class. Damn, Avatar 2 is going to be... Avatar 2 is going to be in that class. <laughs> the oceanography class. Apparently, Kate Winslet is a sea creature. Hold her breath for like seven minutes. Like, bro, what? If the water itself doesn't doesn't look better than uh aquaman then uh, i'm gonna be pissed because james cameron wouldn't shut up wouldn't shut up about that so is she just down there not doing any lines just holding her breath i guess so i assume that she was like swimming or something good for her like moving at all would decrease your capacity yeah good for her man that's what's up i couldn't do it seven minutes i can't go for seven minutes without breathing bro i can't go like barely go seven seconds i was just gonna say uh i remember when we went to see tenet uh the scene where the anti-fire thing where they take all the oxygen out of the air nate and i were both holding our breath looking at each other like mm, getting stressful i was a little worried at one point i was like there's no way <laughs> There's no way they held their breath for this long. Every time, every time I rewatch Tenet, that's my favorite part. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the part where I can just barely do this. Time to not breathe. And Robert Pattinson's just like doing it fine. <laughs> no, Robert Pattinson's got like a vein popping out of his forehead. 
turning red. The lack of oxygen going to my brain makes the movie better every time. I agree. All right. Well, before we read the group list, does everyone want to read their individual list? I'm I'm excited to hear these because I think we all had pretty different lists. Complete nonsense. Okay, I'll go first with mine. My number 10 was The Haunted Mansion. My number nine was Mulan. Number eight, The Nutty Professor. Number seven, 48 Hours. Six, Bowfinger. Five, Shrek. Four, Trading Places, a movie that I really wish made our list. Coming to America, number three. Uh, two, Dolomite is my name. And one, Beverly Hills Cop. Okay, number 10 is Norbit. Number nine, Dreamgirls. Number eight, The Nutty Professor. Number seven, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> number six, Shrek. Number five, The Haunted Mansion. Number four, Coming to America. Number three, Dolomite is my name. Number two, Daddy Daycare. And number one, Mulan. Whoa. Mulan at number one. I like Mulan. (laughs) (laughs) Malik, what's your list? Since I had like a list of movies that I hadn't watched, those would be like my honorable mentions. My honorable mentions are Coming to America, Life, Beverly Hills Cop, Harlem Nights, and Boomerang. Then starting at six, going up to one. Nutty Professor, Shrek, Mulan, Norbit, Daddy Daycare, and Dr. Doolittle. Nice. Solid. To spend a lot of time trying to figure that out. I'm proud of you for putting Norbit over Shrek. I think it's incredibly bold, and I think you're going to get applauded for your bravery by our audience, Malik. Uh, when I was working with the basketball team, we went on a road trip, I think, to like Western Michigan or something. And we were watching Norbit on the bus there. And our coach was laughing so hard, like throughout the movie, it just made everything funnier. Honestly, by the way, if you aren't following Malik on social media, anyone listening, uh, dude, this you make me laugh at least once a day going through your stories. <laughs> like I seriously, like you're one of the funniest follows I have on Instagram right now. Thank you, man. I try. I try. And, and Twitter and Twitter. I'm, I'm putting all of it in the description. Twitter, I get in like little tweet streaks where I just tweet for like, 30 minutes straight, but on Twitter at life of leak, L I F E O F L I K. And then on Instagram is my actual government name, which I should probably change. Is <laughs> 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 at Malik Davies, M A L I K D E V E S E. But um, yeah, I used to be a manager for the basketball team here at Bowling Green. Um, I just go to practice and do all the stuff that you don't think actually has to be done. So like wipe up sweat when someone falls, um, take stats, call restaurants to make reservations and place orders, keep snacks in our hotel room and all the kind of small stuff like that. So that was really fun. I didn't do it this year just because of COVID and stuff. So then they had like two managers who were like a couple years below me. Yeah, it was a, it was a really fun time doing that. I'm kind of the biggest thing that I lost was like, they texted me one day like, hey, what's the number on your key to get into the gym? And I think that was them like deactivating my key. So that sucked because <laughs> I just go there at the middle in the middle of the night and just start playing basketball by myself or with friends. Where, where do you want to go from here, like career-wise? I know school's like finishing up for you here in the next like year or so. I tried to start a podcast a couple other times, like in high school and then one time freshman or sophomore year. Those didn't make it like two to three episodes in. The podcast is really something to kind of keep me on like a schedule, like keep me kind of having something creative to do throughout the day so I'm not just coming home and not doing anything. Applied to a few law schools. I got accepted into three of them now. We'll see what happens. I may go to law school. I probably will end up going to law school and trying to continue like podcasts and stuff like that. I've been taking this time off from my podcast to try to like actually figure out how I can get more serious about it. Because before I just, if someone wanted to, I'd ask someone if they wanted to come on, like one of my friends. 
and we just press record and just start talking. But I kind of want to actually like try to so I, and actually know what I'm kind of talking about. I guess this will be season two of the Life of Leak. Damn, if Leak's about to be going to law school, maybe we should have him for on for a TV movie and lawyers. TV movie and lawyers, uh, like a tier list. Uh, my friend Sydney, who's a lawyer, is uh, coming on, and she's gonna school us on legal eagle talk. Because I have hunched this list is gonna be a mess. <laughs> if I'm, I might just kind of sit in the Discord with my mic on mute the whole time. You're welcome to butt in. We're already making an avatar for you. You might as well like interject. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'll definitely like my dad listens to all the podcasts, so like watch them. Like when I went home yet over the weekend, he was like. You didn't release a. You didn't create a podcast this week, did you? I was like, no, nah, I didn't. He's like, I didn't think so. I didn't see it. After this first season of Life of Leak, I, I will listen to whatever podcast you put out next. So if it's a, if it's a drunk, incoherent Malik episode, I'm there. Maybe I'll. Maybe me and Jeff will do a drunk soccer podcast. All right, yeah, we haven't really watched too much soccer, but we'll talk about what we what we know and give our random takes. Just start asking Jeff about FIFA. Like, hey, so did you did you play weekend league this this weekend? He asked me, I'm like, no, I still don't have FIFA 21. It's like me neither. So, Josh, what is your personal list? I'm excited for this. <clears throat> Number ten, Shrek Forever After. Number nine, Shrek the Third. Number eight, Shrek the Halls. Number seven, Donkey's Christmas Shrektacular. What was that last one? <laughs> Donkey's Christmas Shrektacular. So they made Shrek the Halls and that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Number six, Far, Far Away Idol. Number five, Shrek 4D on from uh, Universal Studios. Number four, Shrek. Or number three, Shrek 2. Number two, Coming to America. And number one, The Haunted Mansion. Y'all are just mean based. All right. I noticed that I didn't hear Scared Shrekless on there. Oh, shit. <laughs> he was too scared. He couldn't finish it. He was scared Shrekless. Too spooky for me. Alden, what's your uh, Eddie Murphy list look like? I, I think I think Josh and Alden shared the same list, so I can just go into the final one. I think it was just reversed, though. So I had to navigate to it. I have 40 tabs open. Uh, my number 10 is The Haunted Mansion. My 9 is Tower Heist. 8 is 48 Hours. Seven is The Nutty Professor. Six is Dream Girls. Five is Daddy Daycare. Four is Doolittle. Three is Mulan. Two is Coming to America. And one is a tie between Shrek and Shrek 2. Whoa. You have to pick between Shrek and Shrek 2. Oh, well, then Shrek 2. We, we have had this debate multiple times on our show, actually, <laughs> between Shrek and Shrek 2. Apparently, the answer is Over the Hedge, though. That was a good movie. I liked Over Over the Hedge is fire. The soundtrack is also fire. I want to play the Over the Hedge video game. Malik, what's your thoughts on B-Movie? The B-Movie? Yeah. If I had to grade it out of 10 with the foggy memory that I have of it, I'd probably give it like a 7. I agree. Maybe a 6.5. I agree. What's your opinion on it, Nate? Um, I really like B-Movie. I got a lot of shit in our DreamWorks episode for having it in the top three. Um, I think it's uh, great social commentary and satire and... Really, I mean, you got you got the creative team of Seinfeld behind this movie. How could it be bad? Uh, Seinfeld himself as Barry B. Benson. He likes jazz. He's a bee, falls in love with a woman, and then also takes down Big Honey. This is like an anti-capitalist dream. Um, okay, I might, I might get an eight the next time I rewatch it with that in mind. I, I think so. No, Malik, I think you were right. <laughs> <laughs> you were on the money with that one. I learned about satire my freshman year 
in an English class. Uh, go watch South Park Bigger Longer Uncut. Oh, I, I've watched that before. South Park is good. Sometimes I'm like, I should watch South Park again. But then I'm like, I haven't watched it since 2016. And I think I'm okay. Well, I honestly think like the first like 10 seasons of that show are like the funniest. But unlike The Simpsons, it didn't have like a steep drop off. It just like it continued going at about the level of writing that season 10 was for another you know 10 years okay not including south park do you guys have a show that you guys like repeatedly watch over and over bro like every show that i've ever liked basically <laughs> been a while since i've gone through sopranos but i really want to make it a third time through it uh breaking bad better call saul game of thrones did it for me and mad men always sunny in philadelphia oh i've seen malcolm in the middle all the way through probably six or seven times and everybody hates Chris is up there like three or four times. A normie answer, but I've seen The Office uh, a couple times now. Yeah, I've seen The Office twice. I can't get through it a second time. I, I didn't get through it the first time, honestly. I started watching it, like actually watching it. Like that was the only thing I was doing was watching The Office and I didn't and I stopped liking it. Yeah, I think that's the wrong way to watch The Office. It was because before I would watch it when I was doing like just doing something else. And I just check it, get a little laugh in, and then go, go back to what I was doing. Then I started watching it on my phone, and I was like, no, this isn't it. I don't know, though, because I really like cringe humor. So, like, a bunch of people are like, oh, that first season is, like, so terrible. And it's like, yo, that's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I also really like The Office UK, which gets shit on by everyone I talk to. But that has more of, like, that, like, raw cringe factor to it. It feels more mockumentary than like the rest of the u.s version of the office is the office uk like different actors yeah yeah entirely different cast the pilot episode of the office u.s is essentially like a remake of the pilot episode of office uk like that's the tone that all of office uk is in okay yeah and they only had two seasons that were like six or eight episodes each because the uk is weird and they do like really short seasons and then they did like a christmas special and it was over and then that's when they did the backdoor pilot for the uh, u.s version and learn something new every single day oh nathan for you is one i've watched like four times through oh yeah fuck yeah have you seen that malik what is it nathan for you i have not yo that show's hilarious it's a four season show that was on comedy central i think like I think it was like 2013 through 2017 or 2018 or something like that. It's about this guy who apparently went to business school and has really good grades who decides to help a bunch of struggling small businesses. And it really like leans into being like a parody of reality TV, like shows like Undercover Boss. But it also is like completely just an absurdist kind of humor show, kind of like hidden camera like the butt of the joke is these small business owners and how he just pretty much like pranks them. And it's fucking hilarious. It's the hardest I've ever like laughed watching TV in my life. It it has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. So. <laughs> it should be 100. <laughs> yeah. 3% of people are fucking morons. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really get the love that it deserved until it's like last season. And then Nathan Fielder, the main guy, was pretty much like, Yeah, I'm like done with this. Like, I want to move on to bigger projects. So, and is now making Kino with the Safdie brothers. I was like, still think 2017 is not relatively new, I guess. So we're in 2021 now. Mm -hmm. He just produced a series uh, called How To with John Wilson that premiered on HBO Max uh, at the end of last year. That I put Nate on to. That's also very good. If you watch Nathan for you and like it, I would also recommend checking it out. It's not in the same vein, but like the brand of humor is like similar. 
Yeah. What what'd you say it was called? How to with John Wilson. And Malik, I think you snuck in a question a while back. We glossed right over about anime. Yeah, I did ask if you guys watched anime at all. Jory's your guy. I guess I'm your guy. He's the guy. I'm not fully into anime. I watched like three of them, but I really like Attack on Titan. Like that is my show. I have seen attack on titan yet i oh my gosh i don't really get into like the the bigger ones quote unquote say like i got into like naruto or anything like that yeah i know uh my cousin is huge into that though so every once in a while i'm like should i try watching naruto again but like no no i just try to watch attack on titan first couple episodes are weird like why are these these big people eating everything and why are they so fucking gross looking yeah, and they're naked. It's like, what is going on? But I had my, my friend started watching it. And like a couple of days later, he was all caught up to like real time because season four is going on right now. And I, and he was super geeked about it. Yeah, I watched the first two seasons of that when it came out. Did you really? I did really like it. Yeah, yeah, I did. When you watched Attack on Titan, did you watch it um with subtitles or did you watch it dubbed? I always watch with subtitles. Uh, I never liked a dubbed version of any uh like anime or japanese property i've always found that the voice actors of the originals usually do a better job with like inflections even if i don't know where the words are i kind of can piece it together by reading yeah damn nate did you ever watch uh cowboy bebop or uh i think cowboy bebop is the third anime series that i have watched yeah i really liked uh cowboy bebop as well i think that's from the same if i'm right uh director as samurai shampoo and he also did one called space dandy which i've heard and then Jory uh, put me on to Demon Slayer recently, but I fell asleep on episode two and haven't come back to it. Isn't that great? Like, I'm, I feel like that's a pretty loud show, like a lot of loud things. Like, I fall asleep on My Hero Academia like every other night, and that's not a quiet show. <laughs> I feel like it's damaging to my brain. Yeah, I feel like once you start going to sleep with the TV on, like you're just programming yourself to be the heaviest sleeper. Like you're asking somebody to break your windows and just like sleep through it. I set a 15 minute timer because that's how, when, how long it was going to take for my uh, the laundry and my dryer to be done. Two two dryers and two washers in the whole complex. So and I slept through it the whole night. I woke up in the morning like, where are my work clothes? I'm like, oh, fuck, they're in my they're in the dryer. So I'd slept through that alarm. I don't know how. The worst sleeping habit that I have is if I don't have a complicated alarm, I'll just turn it off in my sleep. So Jory has to like crack a code in order to wake up to his alarm. Do you really? Yeah, I have a thing on my phone where it like pops up with four random numbers and I have to like touch all of them in ascending order or else the alarm won't turn off. So I have to like actually wake up for it. Dog, I I throw my phone. He's playing like search and destroy Call of Duty and has to defuse the bomb in order to wake up. <laughs> you gotta defuse the bomb. He's gotta complete a whole Sudoku. Is it Sudoku or Sudoku? We gave him the two answers. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm gonna read the group list for our top 10 Eddie Murphy movies now. <laughs> cool. <laughs> 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 uh number 10 we've got the haunted mansion number nine bowfinger number eight the nutty professor seven life six mulan five shrek four daddy daycare three beverly hills cop two dolomite is my name and number one coming to america i'm really excited for coming to america the sequel 
coming to Amazon on March 5th. Kind of like the reason we ske- me and Josh scheduled this episode like a couple months ago was to anticipate this release. So I hope it's as good as the first. I The trailers are out and they look promising. I really love that. Uh... Yeah, Arsenio Hall's like coming back out of retirement too. And it's coming from the same director as Dolomite Is My Name. So there's a lot of like positive things and in, in going in this direction i think yeah it looks really funny i love the line where he's like wakanda is a fictional country and leslie jones is like not to everybody and then uh wesley snipes is gonna be in it too oh shit and james earl jones more importantly james earl jones is reprising his role as uh uh king Akeem's dad yeah well thank you everyone for checking out today's episode of duel of the takes uh malik You've been an awesome guest, man. Check the description. We've got his podcasts linked below. Also his social media. Seriously, one of the funniest guys I know. Um, Also, check out our YouTube, Instagram, Discord, whatever. Thank you for having me. I appreciate all the nice things you said. Of course, Malik. Of course. I appreciate the time. It was was great being on. You guys are, are great guys. Very entertaining people. We're looking forward to having you back for TV and movie lawyers next week. I will definitely be lurking, just just listening. I might accidentally unmute and just start laughing, but you know. That's fine. We have like, we, we kind of are our own laugh track on this show. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Duel of the Tags. Next week, we'll be joined by friend of the show, Sydney Park, as we tackle the best TV and film lawyers of all time. If you want part in the discussion, check out our Instagram and Discord servers. Special thanks to Anchor.fm for sponsoring today's episode. And remember, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.